Hello and welcome to episode 58 of Prosperity by the Pint. I'm your host, Bryce Carter, Certified Financial Planner, Chartered Financial Consultant, Certified Investment Management Analyst, and Self-Proclaimed Millennial Money Expert. This is a podcast where we talk about money, investing, business, and life success, all while having a cold beer. This is the quarantine edition, a little bit different uh, setup today, but uh, we're making the best of a bad situation. Hopefully, I'll be back in my normal studio next week. Uh, the beer this week, I'm really excited about this because we're getting back to uh, our roots with some some craft Michigan beer. This is from Roke Brewing Company. It is the Blow Your Face Out Double IPA. It is a whopping 10.5% alcohol and a uh, IBUs of 100. I think I need this during this dystopian nightmare that we're all living in. There's a bottle if you guys want to see it. Cheers. Ooh, that is, whoa, that's lovely, but uh, but strong. So this week, <clears throat> I wanted to talk about the other market story. So I actually, uh, and that is the collapse in oil prices. Um, so I, if you didn't see, uh, this, this past Tuesday would have been the uh, Tuesday, the 21st, oil went negative. Um, and that's just mind-blowing. Uh, the oil futures went negative. Uh, and, and I had friends calling and texting me and clients and even my, my brother who's a financial advisor with us called me and said, what in the hell is going on with oil? And it's like, okay, well, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I actually wrote about this a couple weeks ago before it really blew up. And, uh, it's on our website, fsgmichigan.com blog, um, insights. And, uh, what I wrote was market update oil prices, the other market story. And what I had said was, while the world's gripped with news of coronaviruses and we're obsess uh, obsessed with testing number of cases and really concerned about that, uh, the oil story had not been talked about nearly enough, which is understandable, right? Where we have a pandemic going on, people are people are dying. It's it's it it is the story, right? But the oil story had been ignored, and so what's going on with oil is Russia and Saudi Arabia. Uh, Saudi Arabia is supposed to be an ally, and I'll more on that in a minute. We're engaging in essentially an oil price war, right? So they were refusing to cut production, and we're still continuing their production at levels and even ramping it up in certain cases, even though demand had 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 turned down. So demand is lower for oil, gasoline products, obviously, right? We're all stuck at home. We're not driving around. Most of the airplanes in the country are shut down. Um, cruise liners all you know that run on uh fuel diesel fuel are all basically sitting in a standstill right so demand for gas and oil products is way down and they're engaging in a price war causing a surplus in supply so when you have a surplus of supply and a lack of demand what happens prices go down this is economics 101 it's one of the things they actually taught us about finances in high school is basic economics supply and demand theory right supply and demand theory uh is is playing out in an epic fashion when it comes to oil so this was april 9th i wrote this and it said due to an escalating oil price war between russia and saudi arabia the price of oil has collapsed this year alone oil has plunged from nearly 70 dollars a barrel to as low as 19 dollars a barrel who would have thought it would have went to negative 38 dollars a barrel in uh in, in just two weeks from the time so what was happening was saudis were ramping up production and the russians were ramping up production now our oil that we drill for in the United States, a couple things. 
is I'm not an oil expert, but I but I do know a little bit about about production. is It's a dirty oil. It's a it takes uh, it's more costly to refine, and many of our oil drilling rigs have to work substantially harder to get the oil than they do in places like Saudi Arabia. So most of our oil producers are not profitable when oil is below $40, $35 a barrel. Most of them, when a lot of these rigs came online just in the last several years, uh, Trump administration opened up a lot more drilling, uh, so on and so forth, they planned on $55 to $65 per barrel oil, and they can be profitable at that. But oil hovering in the 20s is terribly bad for American oil producers. They'll go bankrupt because either you shut down and you, you borrowed money to open these oil rigs or or you just continue to pump oil at a loss. And so it, you're, you're losing money every time, you know, every day that you're up and running. So anything below $35 a barrel basically in the U.S. and, and, and Canadian oil fields is a nightmare. They just can't they can't operate that way. So it was really problematic, the soil price war, for us as, as American energy oil producers. We've worked really hard, uh, the country has, to become not dependent on other countries for, for our, our gas and oil, right? I mean, it's a national security issue. Um, and I don't know if you guys remember, but in the 2008-2009 financial crisis, we had the opposite problem. Gasoline prices were so high. Uh, and that kills the economy. So low gas prices help put money in our pockets, right? But if it gets too low, you're going to bankrupt the American energy producers. And then we have to rely on foreign oil again, which is problematic because OPEC used to just jerk us right around, right? So when we look at it and say oil below $35 a barrel is going to put U.S. and Canadian producers out of business, that's a problem for national security, for energy independence, for our economy as a whole. There's a lot of jobs on that. And then you start to look at the investor money that's tied up in this, right? Because banks and investors have lent money to the oil oil producers. And if they go belly up, they don't get the money back, right? So it has a snowball effect. Now, what I was saying in my article and I, I put it more kindly in the written word that I'm going to say now is Saudi Arabia is supposed to be our ally, even though they have a draconian, terrible uh, human rights record on abuse of, of women and other uh, other groups that don't don't align with their uh, conservative views. But uh, they're supposed to be our ally, despite their terrible human human rights tra- uh, record. Right. They're supposed to be our ally, and they're bankrupting because of an oil price war with Russia. And I, I should make this point that it costs the Saudis and the Russians less to produce a barrel of oil than it does us. Okay, so they can sustain low oil prices for much, much longer, right? Because it does it costs them about ten dollars a barrel to produce, um, and so they're supposed to be our ally. I mean, we we provide security forces for them, we sell them uh, military equipment, et cetera, et cetera. Yet they're going to bankrupt our oil producers. That doesn't seem right. So I, I felt like that there was probably some leverage that we had that we could implement to get this oil price war to to subside. And I was also concerned at the time that of writing this, and I, I guess I still am, is how much of like the market corrected or crash because of COVID-19 and shutting down the economy. But what we can't know is if it crashed more than it otherwise would have if we had a healthy oil and energy market, right? So if we didn't have to worry about our oil producers going bankrupt, 
would we have crashed as far? I don't know, right? I mean, how can I know that? I do think that it, as we've seen, when we saw the, the oil price war take a step back and not be as intense for a minute, the market did recover some, um, but it was also getting good news on coronavirus too. So it's hard to say, but I, I believe, and I can't substantiate, but I believe that the oil price war made the market correction worse than it otherwise would have been. And it doesn't mean it wouldn't have been there, right? We still have COVID, we still have economic shutdown, yada, yada. But I think that the oil price war made the, the crash worse than it otherwise would have been. So last week, and probably two weeks ago, by the time you, you read this or hear this, there was a, essentially a, 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 a huge agreement made uh, at OPEC Plus and between the Saudis and the Russians. They're going to cut production. Okay, so short-term, problem solved. They're, they're not an oil price war again. We should see, see things uh, start to settle down a bit, right? Wrong. <laughs> the problem is we still have plummeting demand. So what happens on Tuesday when oil prices went negative? First, how oil trades is you have futures, oil futures trade, that are allowing you to pay for a barrel of oil, or they trade in thousands, right? So if you see $35 a barrel, when you buy the futures contract, that's obligating you or giving you the right to buy a thousand barrels of oil at $35 per barrel. So let me say that again. If oil futures are trading at $35 per barrel, you are buying basically a contract that allows you to buy a thousand barrels of oil at $35. Okay. So oil went from trading at $70 a barrel roughly at the beginning of the year down to 19 at the time of my article. And then more recently, it went negative. So this is what was happening on Tuesday when oil went negative is the futures were expiring, which means they, they won't be traded anymore. You'll be locked in at that price. They were expiring at the end of the day. Oil went from over the weekend, and this was Monday, not Tuesday. I keep saying Tuesday. It, oil from over the weekend went from you know 19 to 18 to 11, and then throughout the day, you had traders jumping in and saying, oh, this is, this is silly. We're going to pick up this. We can make a quick profit on it. And then I think they really started to realize throughout the day, oh, man, if I buy this and it expires at the end of the day, I'm obligated to take receipt of a thousand barrels of oil. So they start getting on the phone with all the different uh, storage facilities and saying, Hey, I, you know, are you guys, am I going to be able to pay you to store my oil? And the oil, oils storage facilities were like, no, we don't have any capacity. So what you had is a situation in which there is boats on their way from Saudi Arabia right now, completely full of oil. And there is no place for it to go. So all of a sudden on Monday, panic starts to sit in with these traders that are now holding these futures options, which are giving them, obligating them to take receipt of a thousand barrels of oil and they don't have anywhere to put it. All the storage facilities are full and there's more supply coming and the, the, the storage facilities are still full. So what ended up happening is oil ended up reaching negative $38 per barrel, which means if you bought it and were and held that future contract to its mature, to its expiration, you would have gotten paid about $38,000 to take receipt, to take possession of 
a thousand barrels of oil. So they'd have paid you thirty-eight thousand dollars to take receipt reception of a thousand barrels of oil. But you're obligated to ship it. You're obligated to store it, and it doesn't exactly come in barrels, right? It comes in tankers. So all these traders that were buying this are now looking. They they were willing. They were willing to pay people to take the oil from them, and they couldn't because there's nowhere for the oil to go. That is what happened to oil markets. The question is, beer break real quick. That's a good beer. Woo, strong though. The question is, that was the May oil futures. What will happen May 19th when the June oil futures expire? Because I don't know. Uh, demand, I don't see demand rising substantially. Um, yeah, there was a there's a production cut, but still, if there's more oil available and nowhere to store it, could this happen again? I actually think it's really likely. I hope it doesn't. I, it just doesn't seem like a good thing for the economy to have negative oil prices. Uh, believe me, they're not going to pay us to go fill up our vehicles at the pump anytime soon. They're not going to do that. But it just seems to me that this is um, a little bit asinine. <laughs> like, how do we not have, how, how did we reach full capacity on the storage facilities so quickly? Um, and that's what an oil price and a, a, a nationwide government lockdown will do for you is all of a sudden, here we are, negative oil prices. I was talking to my wife about it and I'm like, excuse me for the burp, but that's what happens when you drink beer on a podcast. I was talking to my wife about it. It's like, okay, we have a pretty big barn. <laughs> Can we store a thousand barrels of oil? Um, and, and, and I, I think I, I think I might be able to, but I don't have the barrels. <laughs> I have no idea how to facilitate that, but, uh, so needs to say, I did not buy oil at negative $38, which would have been cool. Uh, cool to have a thousand barrels of oil in your possession. At some point that's going to be an extremely profitable endeavor for somebody. Somebody made a lot of money and some institutions, I'm almost certain that it was institutions, lost their heads on that trade the other day um, because most retail investors in a brokerage, you can't hold an options contract all the way up until it expires. So usually you have to sell it two days before expiration because they don't, they don't want to be obligated or liable for you to be obligated to take a thousand barrels of oil. So most retail investment accounts don't allow you to, 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 to to do that, right? So it's most likely large institutions. It'll be really interesting to see how this plays out, though. I think that there's probably going to be some bankruptcies over this whole thing. Uh, I don't mean to smile about that. It's just, you know, it's. I'm sure it's some traders and financial institutions that are going to go belly up because of this. But at the end of the day, there was an agreement between OPEC Plus to start to cut production. Hopefully, we see prices start to rise. Right, low oil prices are good to the economy, good for the economy to a certain point at which they are. Then they are not, because then our oil industry fails, jobs fail, financial institutions fail, and people lose their jobs. Right, so um, there you have it. So uh, on the COVID update, looks like uh, governors and the national uh, and, and our federal government are looking at starting to open things up. Uh, the market is looking optimistic at it. Uh, market's very forward-looking. Remember, I've, I, I've, I've said that in the past. It's likely that the market will heal far quicker than the economy will, right? Just because it, it's a forward-looking indicator. So, but we'll see. So I hope everybody's staying healthy out there. This COVID thing has been pretty nasty. It's had quite a run at my family too. Uh, a lot of family members um, 
did contract it. Everybody has had pretty mild symptoms so far, but I hope you at home are staying healthy. Cheers. And thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, Stitcher, wherever you listen. That's where we are. Cheers. The topics that I discuss in this podcast are meant to be general information and educational only. I'm not giving you specific advice because I don't know you personally. In order to give you specific advice, you should work with an advisor or someone that can learn your specific situation and give you advice that applies to you. If I talk about a specific security, please keep in mind I'm not recommending that security. And don't forget, investing involves risk. When you invest, there's always the possibility of losing capital, which is why you should consult with a qualified, licensed financial advisor prior to investing.